Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great week. We are in the nitty gritty of it now. Playoffs are starting everywhere. Um, some leagues that didn't remember that we had a you know extra week this year um, due to the NFL that having 18 weeks now to push the playoffs to next week so if you're in one of those leagues make sure you remind your commissioner going into to next year that we have an extra week of football and we're going to give you a little bit of advice or some things to kind of look out for in the playoffs we're going to give you your news go over your matchups and make sure that you are ready for the week Obviously, it's me, the fantasy football fiend himself, Zay. I got my main man on with me. Holla at the people, Van. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? As customary, bonjour, konnichiwa, good day, a hola, como esta, good day, mate, utentig, and what's poppin'? Let's get into your news. And now, your fantasy news. To start out your news, we have some oldies but goodies we have Rashad Penny who has I don't think he's played at all this year I don't know if he's played much in his NFL career at this point but uh, he was limited in Wednesday's walkthrough hamstring injury is going on with him at this point in the game we got Damian Williams of the Chicago Bears he still remains unable to practice so that calf injury was a little bit more than what we thought it was when he first went out. I thought that was going to be just a couple week injury, the same as we've seen with some of these other calf injuries. It just came across the wire that Alvin Kamara will be out this evening against the Dallas Cowboys. So that is a huge setback for New Orleans. Really their only true weapon going to be out. But at the same time, the weapon is Taysom Hill. He is the weapon. You know what I mean? Like you have to look at this guy kind of the way you looked at Tim Tebow years back. When he was having that run with the Denver Broncos and fantasy land, guys, if you remember, I could definitely see Taysom Hill having double-digit carries, you know, probably the best goal line back right now on the team. If they get close to the goal line, he's punching it in. You you don't think Mark Ingram is the goal line back? That's like specifically why they bought him in. If it's first and one, second and one, third and one on the goal, they're going to just do the little sneak. You know what I mean? This guy's already a big guy. He's that close. They're going to let him just – bully his way in the end zone that's what i think the best prediction of the future is the past that's what they did before so i mean right. this game is going to be looking like they're going to like the ravens tonight mm, okay so you know i don't think it's going to be a whole lot of passing i mean Taysom hill will throw it don't get me wrong but i think it's going to be a lot of different run designs and things of that nature so a lot of people say you know what Taysom don't have any weapons he never had the weapons when he was starting last year um michael thomas is down Kamara was there but he is the weapon when it comes to this kind of scenario. I know normally on Thursday evenings, 
it's a lower over under the game that the games normally end up having low point totals mm-hmm. and as far as the and we'll get into the matchups here shortly but as far as the saints guys are concerned if i can avoid starting any of them i, I would just because we look throughout the season every thursday night either both teams disappointed or one of the two teams disappointed pretty much every thursday you know they're kind of beat up and in many cases especially like with the saints they're playing for pride and to make sure they look good on tape for whatever some of their next jobs may be for, for many of them. So, but yeah, that's just something to keep in mind. Thir- Thursday games can turn on you. We have DK Metcalf, who's limited again by a foot injury. Uh, DK has just not been himself this year. I mean, well, Seattle hasn't been itself this year as an entire entity um, for several different reasons, but I can see some big changes going on in Seattle, but DK is limited again by a foot injury. They were talking about, and I can't remember what show it was, but they were saying Seattle's looking at making a blockbuster deal in the offseason. And to me, there's only really one blockbuster player that they can trade, and that's Russell Wilson. Right. I can see him going maybe to the Giants. Maybe they get Saquon. They get Daniel Jones. They get a first-round pick, something like that. But yet they're talking about making a big move. And I honestly think that Russell Wilson, unlike Aaron Rodgers, I think there's just as much contempt behind closed doors, but he was willing to put on his big boy pants and not hinder the team. His his, uh, agent clearly gave the name of four teams that he was willing to go to. Several of those teams now aren't an option. Uh, Chicago was on that list. Dallas was on that list. They now both have their guy. The 49ers were on that list. They have their guy. The only other team no, there were two other teams, um, New Orleans, I want to say, and um, New York. Now, obviously, mm. the Giants have their guy. Well, not obviously, but they have a guy. <laughs> I think he's really trying to get to a big city to appease his wife. I mean, right. She's a you know a, a actress and a musician, so I, I think he's maybe trying to get to a bigger city so she can do her thing without having to leave home all the time. Right. Um, no, I agree totally. It seems like, yeah, New York seems like they have a guy, but <laughs> at the same time, it doesn't look like uh, Gettleman is going to be there next year who bought in that guy so yeah facts the new gm may bring in this guy so i could definitely see russell wilson being uh in new york like you said to appease his wife good city for for what she does for a living i I could definitely see that happening for sure i wouldn't mind uh, seeing him go to the big easy russell wilson hooking up with sean payton Russell Wilson is the black Drew Brees. Yeah. They're the same person. If you look at the way they play the game, I mean, of course, Russell's a lot more athletic. But as far as the way they, they, they the height, you know what I mean? The way they look, the, they the ball. Yeah, it's kind of kind of similar. But he has a bigger arm also than Brees. But. In my opinion, Sean Payton can literally unlock everything that he can imagine oh, his offense sure. to be with a quarterback. Yeah. Because, see, with Winston, you kind of have that opposite side where he has the arm, but the accuracy and the athleticism isn't necessarily there more often than not. There are a few places that he can go that I could see him instantly making a huge impact. And then I don't know if he would be willing to test the waters with the Washington football team, but I believe that if they had a quarterback of his caliber, the defense would actually be able to play to the level of their talent because they won't be on the field all the time. So and, and it's also the easiest division. I, Dallas is still not a world beater, in my opinion. Hell, even right now with the season that Washington is having, they play Dallas twice in the next few weeks. And if they win those games, they win the division. So even with the year that Dallas is having, it's still the easiest division to kind of take a share in. So just another thing to kind of keep in mind as we go into 
the off season of fantasy here coming up pretty soon. Debo, no practice. That was, you know, we, we kind of figured that was going to happen. Uh, your boy out in Detroit, DeAndre Swift, he also isn't practicing. It's noted that he's probably going to be out for a couple of weeks. If you were able to see the game uh, last this past weekend, he kind of crumbled on the sideline. He was he was uh, hurting pretty bad with that shoulder injury. So uh, keep an eye on that. Okay, let me stand on my soapbox for two seconds because I'm I'm getting sick of Yahoo. <laughs> how you gonna print the store? How you gonna put the story underneath the player's name saying they out for at least two weeks, but don't have them out as far as their designation is concerned? So you can't put them on IR. What the hell are y'all doing? It's thir- It's game time. It's it's yeah. Thursday. What are you doing, Yahoo? Get your shit together because this it don't it don't make sense. Like you didn't had how many days of waivers that that could have been missed? Maybe somebody don't have a kicker, don't have a defense. Maybe they need to pick up another wide receiver, whatever the case may be, due to injuries. And you're printing the information saying these guys are going to be out, yet you haven't moved them to being out. That that just that is really ticking me off at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what they got going. But but look, everybody ain't in the penthouse like Vander. So some of us got to work for a living. We got to, oh, you man. know, you get, have some pickups and put downs, and it's difficult to do so with that again. You better be glad it wasn't the wild, wild west this year with the waiver because it would have been. Oh, that would have been better for me because I wouldn't be sitting here talking shit to Yahoo about a damn designation because I'd just yeah. be able to go back and forth. As I I could wait till Sunday morning if I wanted to. Wouldn't be no big deal. But with with it being, you know, a waiver running every day versus the free-for-all, that, that's, that, that takes a little bit of getting used to. We have uh, J.D. McKissick, who is in concussion protocol. So um, if you were looking at possibly you know, running with J.D., you may have to find a different person to go with. Odell Beckham isn't practicing due to a hip injury. So he was limited. Excuse me. He, he did practice, but in a limited fashion on Wednesday. So it looks like he's going to be a go. Normally, if they practice earlier in the week, even in a limited fashion, unless there's a setback, they tend to go. James Robinson is uh, practicing in a limited fashion. That's been his designation since he got that heel injury earlier in the year. So I believe that's just how they are going about making sure he's taken care of. Taysom Hill, who is named the starter for Thursday. We were just talking about Mr. Hill. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see how what kind of packages and everything that run out for him. But I can definitely see him being, like you said, that, that Tim Tebow type of a QB going into this evening, especially without some of his main weapons. Right. It's um, not going to be Deshaun, pretty. Right. It'll be effective, but not pretty. Right. Um, you got Deshaun Jackson, who had a limited session, so it looks like he may be able to go. Daryl Henderson, he is tending to a thigh issue, so he didn't take part of Wednesday's walkthrough due to that thigh injury. And if he doesn't go, Sony Michelle will be the pivot there. Um, I'm having, tr- I can normally at least get a feel for the likelihood of a player being able to go. I don't, I don't really have a feel for this one. Um, it kind of feels as if they may just be holding them out to later in the week. But at the same time, you would think that at that particular position, if you could get in a limited practice that you would. So do you think Henderson may be, you know, in, in, in doubt for this week, or is it just a veteran's preference? We know what you're going through and you'll be good for Sunday. I think today's practice would be more telling uh, Wednesday can't quite tell what's going on Thursday. You get a lot more clarity. Yeah. Uh, he did finish the game before. Um, so I don't think there's any issue as far That's as, true. you know, probably just, you know, 
get a little extra day, Veterans Day of rest, because they, he does play most of the snaps when he's out there. So yeah, yeah. They, they, even though he's uh, one of those guys that that get hurt a little bit more than others, they they don't split the workload. If, if he's in, he's in. So right, and that's something to think about if you were if you were um, going to pivot to Sony Michelle when you first heard this news. If Henderson goes, you may still be able to pivot. To, to Sony, but don't expect very much because they, they normally give their starter it's like a 70-30 split normally. So uh, We have uh, Cole Komet who is still tending to his uh, growing issue. So if you were utilizing the services of one Mr. Cole Komet, you're going to need to find a different tight end. Growing issues don't normally go away that quick. Same thing that Debo Samuel's dealing with growing issues. So that normally takes a couple of weeks to get right. And the thing about the growing is if they push it and they get back in the game, they could be going 100% full speed and then just make one false turn and fall down like somebody just shot them and be out of the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to risk your, your, your week on a guy that can just, you know, make the wrong turn and then he's done for the day. So Allen right. Robinson, he set out Wednesday's practice hamstring injury. Mr. Robinson is either sending Chicago the message to not franchise him again, or he's actually losing the step and becoming injury prone. I'm not sure which is which, or if it's one of those, Hey, I would go if it's the team that I gave a shit about, but, um, but he, he's been something else this year. So definitely one of the more disappointing fantasy options that has been in play this season. You got David Johnson. He didn't practice. He, well, several of the Houston Texans didn't practice. There's an illness going around the team right now, and it's affecting several people. It's not COVID, but it's something that's harsh enough. They shut down the facility, actually, I want to say on Monday or Tuesday, and told everybody to go home to kind of get away from each other a little bit and, and let this thing die out, disinfect, and all that kind of good stuff before everybody comes back in. Houston already had a hard hill to climb, and going against Indy is not an easy task, even for some of the upper echelon teams. We'll get a little bit deeper into it when we get into the matchups, but I don't think this is going to be a good look at all for uh, Houston this week. So we'll see how that goes. Justin Fields, who was dealing with the rib injury, he was limited in his return to practice. So Mr. Fields is still on the mend, still still in that red jersey, that non-contact jersey, but he is working his way back. Brandon Cook, again, one of those Houston Texans that was bothered by this illness that's going around. Zach Wilson, we talked about a little bit last week as far as the the knee tweak that he suffered in the fourth quarter of of his game last week. He logged a full practice on Wednesday, so I'm nothing to see there. Boston Scott, he missed practice with an illness. And his counterpart, uh, one Mr. Sanders, um, actually made practice. So that, that was kind of a turnabout that we didn't see coming. Um, it was felt that Sanders might not be available at least for a couple of weeks. But um, he was able to uh, get in a practice in at least a limited session. Dalvin Cook didn't participate in Wednesday's practice. Alvin Kamara, as we just spoke of, uh, he's going to be out on this evening. Philip Lindsay, who was just recently uh, picked up by Miami off of waivers after being cut by Houston, he's limited now by an ankle injury. This past week, it showed that he was the clear number two guy, Sander, uh, excuse me, with Gaskins being the number one. Saquon, for once this year, isn't on the injury report. So, you know, if you got him, you got to start him. You know, we'll, we'll see how that part goes. Chase Claypool is listed with a toe injury again. So 
he got over the initial toe injury and not, and it's either re-aggravated or maybe a different toe. I'm not exactly sure, but he's dealing with the toe injury. Amari Cooper is going to be in the game, but he's coming back from COVID. He had some lingering issues there. Devontae Smith of the Eagles, he's dealing with the illness. Pat Fryermuth, who was out on concussion protocol, he practices in full, so he'll be a go this coming week. Jalen Hurts was listed as a limited participant due to his ankle injury, but he did practice on Wednesday. Big Ben starts the week with no practice due to his shoulder issue going on. Might be time to go ahead and shut down Big Ben, call it a career, because he's not helping anybody at this point. Mm. Antonio Brown, he's he's out. Looks like possibly another two weeks. This is becoming a thing now. So if, if you if you thought you were gonna you know have him. Uh, you know, just be be careful. I I wouldn't throw him out there coming off of that type of an injury fresh into the playoffs unless I just don't have any other options. So let's see. Sterling Shepard not practicing yet. Kadarius Tony uh, not ready for practice yet. Um, Darren Waller not practicing. Chase Edmonds is expected to be back in week 14. DeAndre Hopkins is back in limited practice, as is Kyler Murray. They're expected to go this week. Andy Dalton still taking first-team reps. And that about covers the news. Let's go ahead and get into that rapid-fire 10. And now, rapid-fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, we got the playoffs right around the corner. So we're going to get right into it. Fantasy Fiends cannot lose another game. I'm sure you got some guys that's a game out, two games out. Every transaction count. Every player counts. Let's see. Let's get into it. Who do I start for the week? We got Boston Scott or Miles Gaskins. I'm going to go with Miles Gaskins. If by Sunday we find out that Sanders isn't going to go, the backfield belongs to Scott. Then I may pivot, but right now it looks like Gaskins may be the one that gets the most volume. When when points are a must, you got to go with the guy that's likely to get the ball the most. We got Darnell Mooney or Pat Firemuth. So this looks like it's probably a flex, flex spot. Yeah. If I just need someone who is going to hold it in the road, I would actually go with Pat, believe it or not. If I need the guy, if I'm projected to lose and I need the guy that may get that, you know, 60-yard bomb, but that's the only pass he catches for the game, but there was enough points to make it worth it, then I go with Mooney. If I'm projected to win, though, and I just want to kind of maintain, you know, my projected score, I would probably go with Fryman. All right, we got Hunter Renfro or Odell Beckham Jr. I love Hunter Renfro, um, no matter the league type. He is the go-to guy right now. Remember now, Darren Waller is unlikely to go currently. He, he's not practicing. He may be out for a couple of weeks. It's, it's go time for Renfro. I mean, he is literally the number one target of an offense that throws the ball quite a bit. So I love the outlook for Hunter Renfro, especially in PPR. R- Renfro, is a, you, you fire him up. We got A.J. Green or Kendrick Bourne. Man, so I'm having an issue with Bourne. I want to say he has the higher upside. But I also understand that in any given game, what Bill Belichick does or how he does it can change based on the team he's going against. Now, Buffalo's had a really good defense. Their number one corner, he's out for the rest of the season. He had a ACL, I believe. Bourne is likely going to be going up against what would be considered a number three cornerback. So that's the thing that kind of stands out in my mind. He's been kind of the big play wide receiver as of late. And the Patriots may be in a scenario where we can't just run out the, the clock if, if Buffalo puts up a couple of points. I think 
because of the number of miles to feed in Arizona, I'm more likely to go with the situation again where, where the volume is king and Bourne should probably get somewhere around five to seven targets. All right, so we got James Robinson or Jamal Williams. That's a good one. Jamal is fresh. He has nobody else in the backfield with him. I can kind of see that working out well for him. The Jaguars are going up against the Rams, who have a pretty good defense. They aren't projected to score very highly as far as points are concerned. So I think this week I may actually pivot away from Robinson. We got Van Jefferson or Jerry Judy. Give me Van. They have about the same amount of miles to feed. However, it's a scenario of who can do the most with that lower amount of attention, if you will, a lower amount of targets. So I'm going to go with Van. We got Mark Ingram or Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I think I'll go with, I think I'm going to go with Mitchell on this. The 49ers have been kind of showing and proving as of late, and he's definitely their go-to running back. He's the goal line back, all that kind of good stuff. So I think I'm going to run with Mitchell. got Brandon Ayuk or T. Higgins. <clears throat> if Ayuk steps up, he, he can he can really be what we thought he was going to be going into the season. So I think I'm going to throw my hat in the ring of uh, Mr. Ayuk, and I hope for the best with him. All right, we got Elijah Moore or Traquan Smith. Give me Elijah Moore. And last but not least, Taysom Hill or Mac Jones. All right, so the same as I say that the Thursday games are traditionally lower scoring, the Monday night games are actually traditionally higher scoring. So just looking at the history of the games themselves and not necessarily even the teams that are playing, Monday is more likely to produce more fantasy points than Thursday. So give me the guy that's playing on Monday night. And that concludes our rapid fire 10. And real quick, guys, we're going to give you a couple of pointers for your playoff push. Uh, things that a lot of you uh, that are fantasy pros have already considered. And then maybe a couple of things that um, a few of you haven't considered just yet. So there are a couple of things that you may want to keep in mind as the playoff approach. One thing is now is the time to kind of shorten your bench a little bit. If you have starters and handcuffs, things of that nature, you want to hang on to those. But those end of the bench, if I have to start you, I'm not going to win anyway. You want to go ahead and get your, you know, your defense, that that second defense that has really good matchups to, you know, for a couple of weeks in the playoffs before other people start seeing them. Uh, with the week coming up. Uh, same thing with your kickers. If you have kickers out there that have a really good matchup um, in one of my leagues, I noticed that T.Y. Hilton, who isn't someone I would normally play, was available. And if you know anything about the NFL, T.Y. Hilton, uh, man, every time he goes up against Houston, like legit, every time he plays Houston, he has a ridiculous game. So whether that happens this week, we'll find out together. But you want to go with what you know. You don't want to make up these storylines in your head about why they could have a great game just because they're on your team, if that that makes sense. But um, you want to start looking at matchups. Those are going to be some of the things that kind of get you through. Timing is everything come playoff time. You You may have a team that just snuck in, but because of the playoff schedule and matchups that you have, you have a greater likelihood than the guy that's, you know, sitting on a eight wins, nine wins at this point in the season. So just a couple of things to. Uh, man, one thing you definitely want to pay attention to, guys, and kind of get ahead of. If you're one of these teams and you're kind of relying on those big play 
uh, running backs of yours that's been leading the charge. Um, as you can see, what happened to Devin Cook, you know, that handcuff, Madison, right? So a lot of people tend to get the the more notable handcuffs like the Madisons or the Kareem Hunts or, you know, guys like that. But for instance, if you are a Jonathan Taylor owner, everybody know how he's been, um, you know, rolling through the NFL, probably has been winning most of you guys' games. Don't be out in a hurry in a rush to go grab Na- uh, Naheem Hines. I would definitely go grab Marlon Mack because he's on everybody waiver and nobody's thinking about him. So if I think if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner like myself, and I don't have him yet, I plan to get him. Hopefully Zay don't try to cut me. Oh, no, nah, he, um, he can't do nothing for me. I, I got bigger problems than trying to block him. <laughs> but um, <laughs> as you get down, you know, going down the stretch and you relying on this guy and you see how the offense is, you know, labeled. Marlon Mack, to me, guys, is a guy. If you are a Jonathan Taylor owner, you definitely need to have Marlon Mack on your roster. So we know as we get down this stretch, guys, Naheem Hines would not be the guy. He would probably remain in the same role that he has currently. And Marlon Mack would be the guy that's inserted and take those early downs and uh, probably bring you a championship in your league. So if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, definitely want to get Marlon Mack. Completely agree. Completely agree. Now, what about, like, say, for instance, if you have the single quarterback league, right? Uh, another thing to keep in mind is you may want to look at the matchup that your current starting QB has versus the matchup that some of the QBs that are on the waiver. Because let's say, for instance, if you have a Carson Wentz or someone of that nature, and there's possibly a Burrow Cousins Taysom Hill, quarterbacks of that caliber who can put up the same amount of points as the QB that you have currently starting for you on any given Sunday, and they actually have an easier path or or at least a couple of their games are quite a bit easier in comparison to your current starter. You can kind of mix and match them through your weeks in the playoffs or at least have the option to, but come next week, your options are going to be very slim because everyone else is going to be starting to do what we're telling you to look at this week. If you made the playoffs, congratulations. That means that you have a pretty good idea of what you're doing anyway. We just wanted to give you a couple of additional things to think about. And now we're going to go ahead and get into these matchups. All right, let's dig into these matchups. We have first up this evening, the Cowboys versus the Saints. There is a five and a half point spread on this one with the Cowboys being the favorite. The over-under is at 47 and a half. And the predicted score, uh, New Orleans 24, Dallas 22. The the computer is painting this as a trap game, and Vegas is going to come off and get a couple of shekels from those overzealous Cowboy fans this evening. Um, the score being as it may, I definitely see this going under because, like I said, most games do on Thursday. I still would tried out all of my Dallas players. As of right now, everybody's a go on the Dallas offense. On the flip side of that, I don't care what the predicted score is. I, I don't I don't see where um, New Orleans is going to manufacture these points with essentially the only weapon that they have is Taysom Hill. I don't see them having the offensive firepower to keep up with Dallas. Yeah, I think uh, they're looking at this game kind of being a slow-paced game. Ezekiel Elliott, he's out. Uh, he was practicing. I don't believe he's going to be out. Th- there hasn't been any indication that he's going to be out. But even if he is, I like Pollard just the same. I think they're going to think New Orleans is going to make this one of those nasty games. 
you know, uh, three yards, dust, three yards, dust, four yards, dust, three yards, dust. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with that being said, the clock is going to be running. Uh, you keep the you keep that Dallas Cowboy offense on the sideline. So I think that's the scheme that maybe Vegas thinks is going to happen in this game. Going to be a little more, you know, slow pace. He'll run twice, Ingram run twice. He'll right. run twice, Ingram right. run twice. Then Jones run, and then it's a right. five-yard right. pass. And then we run again. Then it's a six-yard pass. Then we run right. again. Like, so I think it's going to be long, you know, clock It's that Patriots drive. formula from, from years past, that, right. that dink and dunk and, and just keep the keep the other team off the field as much as possible, Right. which so, which also makes the clock run, which also means that there's less points to be scored. because Less possessions. So fa- yeah, exactly. Right. So that's what I'm thinking they're thinking. With that score in mind, this will be one I stay up for tonight for sure. Uh, you have the Colts up against the Texans. This one is a forty-five and a half point over/under. Indy is the favorite by ten. A twenty-nine point versus thirteen point predicted score, and Houston may not get that thirteen. To be honest with you, we'll see how that goes. But this should be a track meet for Indy. And with that being said. In some of your leagues, you know what I'm saying, if you're struggling, if you're having to replace a Debo if in your flex spot, if you're having to replace maybe a Swift or something of that nature, I'm pivoting to Hilton because history says he, he normally torches this team. Vegas is saying that Indy is definitely going to put up points against Houston, and Jonathan Taylor can't get them all. So <laughs> I'm running Hilton out there this week. I got a good feeling about what Hilton's going to do this week. He, he may actually be my, my start of the week. And then also with the Texans dealing with that illness that's running through the team as well, they're bad enough as is, but half of your players won't be at full strength even though they're out there. So, And with the Colts, you know, start them if you got them. I I wouldn't necessarily start their tight ends. They've been kind of quiet. You don't know who's going to do what from which end. Um, I do have a question for you in this one. As it pertains to Naeem Hines, if the score does end up anywhere near its prediction, do you think that Hines may end up getting garbage time production in the fourth? Or are, are they trying to put Taylor in a position to bring home that yardage record? Uh, I don't think Hines will get much garbage time. I mean, the last time these guys played, the score was 31-3. to Hines only had four carries. Mm. I mean, so he only had one ball he caught. If if you don't get garbage time out of thirty one to three, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, but I do think the organization uh, do want to get Jonathan Taylor that rushing record. Well, you know, but, you know, keep him in the front as far as the league right. rusher. Uh, but I don't think they'll like if if they're getting blown out, they're not going to just let them go out there and keep running. So it's kind of yeah, no to both. You may even see Marlon Mack maybe even activated this game. He's been a mm. healthy scratch a couple games, but yeah, I he may even be a. You know, if anybody would be uh, getting garbage carries, it'd be him. You got the Cardinals versus the Bears. This is a seven and a half point game with Arizona being the favorite. The total on this one is a 44 and a half point over under. The predicted score, Arizona 29, Chicago 15. I see this game as almost a mirror match of the last game that we just talked about. Um, And I'm surprised, actually, that the spread isn't a little wider with Murray and, well, I guess the spread is where it is because it's still unknown if Murray and Hopkins are going to be back yet. If those come out, it'll probably increase. 
Right. Yeah, it's, it's likely that they'll be back. But, you know, we, we thought that two weeks ago. So not really a whole lot to talk about in this game. There aren't really too many uh, players that you can start from Chicago at this point. If you're in a pinch two QB league, Andy Dalton's going to be throwing the ball the entire game, although I don't think they'll get a whole lot of production there. David Montgomery, a running back, is, you know, it's a difficult area to navigate. If you have him, you probably have to start him. I just would lower my expectations as far as that particular matchup is concerned. Um, we have the Giants going up against the Dolphins. This is a four-point spread with Miami being the favorite. This is a 40-point, 40 40-and-a-half-point, 40 excuse me, uh, total on this one. And we forgot to talk about Daniel Jones' neck injury um, in the news part of the show. Um, as of right now, it doesn't look like Daniel Jones is actually going to go this week with the neck injury. And I want to say Mike Glennon is his backup, if I recall correctly. Yes. Again, two QB leagues. If you got injuries, if you have, you know, whatever else going on, maybe you were counting on Daniel Jones. Um, go ahead and pick up Glennon if he is available in your league. And he should be unless you happen to be the person who, you know, had Daniel Jones go down. Um, I know a lot of times it's a wasteland for QB. And the other thing is with the playoffs coming, if you are a team that made the playoffs and you have Daniel Jones, I'm the kind of guy that would pick up your cuff just so you don't have a QB. So you might want to do that sooner than later, just just because you don't know. And, and we want to make sure we cover all bases. So that's just something else to think about. You have the Vikings going up against the Lions. This is going to be a seven-point spread. Minnesota is the favorite. 25 points versus 20 points are the predicted scores with an over-under of 46.5. I would start all of my Miami people. Uh, Madison, Cousins, uh, Jefferson, Thielen, all those guys. I'm, I'm starting all of them. All right. um, if I have Williams for Detroit, I'm firing him up volume. I don't necessarily like golf or any of the passing options um but i can see williams actually getting several passes out of the backfield he, he's basically gonna have the same role that swift would have had they kind of have a similar skill set i mean he can definitely catch out of the backfield hawkinson you go ahead and you fire him up you know he's an every week start just because he's the only wide receiver to have okay one, you, one, you got anything on that one yeah for the detroit side uh if you're kind of deep down uh looking for some production one receiver I do like is Josh Reynolds. He's just activated or active for the second time playing with his old teammate, um, Golf. Remember Josh Reynolds from the Rams? He's in the I Lions. didn't think about that. And, and yeah. he actually was getting a, a little he, bit more usage. Golf yeah. kind of made him a right. made him a paycheck, actually. I mean, he ended up getting cut when he got to Tennessee, but he looked pretty good when he was with Golf. So, right, yeah. so they did have a, the chemistry did show a little bit. Well, a good bit. Last game, he did have three catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, and the Minnesota is one of the, you know, not one of the better teams against the pass. So if you're deep down, he's one of the guys I would like as a pass catcher. Uh, of course, offensively, the Vikings, you definitely play your Madisons, your Jefferson. I think Jefferson will also be big this game. The last time out, he torched these guys. But if you're down deep, Another tactic in this game, if you're a Cooks owner and you was a Madison owner and, and you kind of relied on these guys, you might want to get the guy. His name is, I don't want to butcher his name, but I think his name is Kenny Nguawu. Because you got to ask yourself, who's the backup to the backup? Back. This is the, the guy. Madison get hurt a lot too. Right. 
This is the guy. Madison seemed to get hurt every time he fed it in for Cook. Honestly. But, so. Yeah, and the funny thing about it, last time Madison was deployed and started, it was the Lions. He had that big game. So go figure. Yeah. But if if you're a guy and you pretty much in your running back room, you only have Madison as a big dog, you might want to grab this guy. He's a 4-3 guy, fast guy. Uh, and the coach did say they want to get him the ball. He's a return guy. He's been a return guy for this team. and But they do say they want to get the ball in his hand a little bit more. So I'm even thinking about myself and my league uh, grabbing this guy as just a hmm, let's see what happens Sunday. You know what I mean? I'm you know I'm you know what kind of guy I am. So it's he, it's better to have someone who can win you your league or you can easily cut based on what happens in one week than right. to have someone who's going to be on the end of your bench that you can't bring yourself to cut and you also can't bring yourself to start. That does you absolutely no good in the playoff time. So right. that's actually the best time of the year to make a move like that. In my thing. Right. So guys like myself, if you have those free roster spots, if you if you're starting lineup is kind of, you know, solid in a way, or you're looking for that boom play down the stretch, then these are the kind of guys I would grab because like Zay said before, I mean, Madison, he tends to get hurt himself. So if you can get this guy, he's on everybody waiver. Nobody's paying yep. attention to him. So <laughs> yep. can he, he may be available in Dynasty right now, to be honest with you. For sure. Nguawu. You definitely want to grab a guy like that. A few more matchups to get through. We got the Eagles going up against the Jets. This is a seven-point game. The over-under is 45-and-a-half. The predicted score is Philly 31, Jets 19. This is it's an indication that Philly's going to have kind of have their way with the Jets. As I said last week, Hurts is one of those fantasy QBs that will disappoint you one week. And then you sit him the next week and he put up 30 points. This is kind of one of those games that I think he's going to end up doing just that. He's, he's going to have a pretty good fantasy outing. I also believe that the Jets backfield, however that gets diced up, excuse me, not the Jets, the Eagles backfield, depending on how the volume is sliced up there, the biggest issue is we won't know who's going to be the guy to get the touchdowns. It's going to be a coin flip as far as that's concerned, but I can see between Sanders, Scott, and I, I think they'll end up being the main two. They may even activate Gainwell for this game with Howard being out. But I can see one of those backs get having a, a two-score week. But I honestly can't tell you which one. So, uh, again, as I said a few weeks ago, the, the Eagles' backfield kind of perplexes me. As a team, I think the Eagles will have a great game in that backfield, but I just wouldn't be comfortable if my playoff life was on the line picking and choosing especially if Sanders goes. If Sanders doesn't go, it's Boston Scott to the moon for me. For sure. No, I agree with totally. Also watched Devonta Smith in this game. Visibly frustrated last game uh, for not getting the ball. I definitely think, will gets the grease. Right. So I think they definitely probably look his way a little bit more, especially going against a team with a weak secondary as the, the Jets. So mm-hmm. like they said before, um, definitely pay attention to the Miles Sanders injury news. If he doesn't go, you definitely want to fire Boston Scott. We got the Chargers going up against the Bengals. This is only a three-point spread, but a 50-and-a-half point over-under. So looks like this game is going to have some fireworks going off there. The predicted score is the Chargers 15, Cincinnati 32. Cincinnati, start them if you got them. The Chargers, I'm still leery on Mike Williams. Eckler, Allen, Herbert, you go ahead and you start those guys. I think that they'll make a fantasy game even if they don't score very many points in, in actual football. What you got on this one? Play your guys as usual in this game on both sides, I think. 
as far as Chase, Hal, and of course, Eckler. The big guy in this game is like Joe Mixon. He's been on the tear the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. and he's going against one of the weaker run defenses. So if you're in DFS, he's uh, actually listed pretty high as far as his salary. This is a guy that's been on a tear. They've been making it their due to get him the ball. I mean, coming off 30 carries, 20-some-odd carries. I like Joe Mixon a whole lot in this game. Then they're going to continue to run the ball. I actually like Burrow quite a bit in this game as well, but only if Herbert and the Chargers put up a fight. I can see this really living up to the 50-and-a-half point over-under. I think it's one of the higher over-unders of the week, actually. And I can actually see this one going over if, if things hit just right. We got the Buccaneers going up against the Falcons. I think this may be – no, the Jaguars and the Rams has the, the largest point differential, but this is double-digit as well. Atlanta is an 11-point underdog. Same over-under as the previous matchup, 50-and-a-half points. Predicted score on this one is Tampa Bay 27, Atlanta 18. This is a stardom if you got them game for me. Anytime that the, the point total is this high and you have teams that are predicated on the, the pass more often than not, I, I love the the look for Patterson. I think that there'll be a lot of passes to go around on the Atlanta side, but Matt Ryan will still be like a, a back-end QB. Uh, i probably only start him if I was in a, a two-QB situation um, just because of his limited amount of weapons. I like everybody that, I mean, with Tampa Bay, it's just going to be a matter of who actually shines, but everyone will have the opportunity to shine, if that makes sense. Definitely love Tom Brady in this game. So th- this should be a high-flying affair. No, I agree. If you got Buccaneer players, you just play them. Like you said, just who turn is it? Is God right. going to score two <laughs> right. scores? Is Mike Evans going to score three scores? Is Grant going to score two scores? Fournette going to get another two scores? Like, you just don't know who time is going to be. They're definitely going to score a lot of points. But I do like Matt Ryan on the other side due to they got to throw the ball. I mean, they're probably going to be down a lot. So I can definitely see them throwing this guy, this thing, this ball 40 over 50 times this time. Lack of weapons for sure, but you got to go with the volume. So. Sneaky start, Russell Gage. Uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, saying, cool. Tampa Bay doesn't have a, a secondary, and no. he's kind of the only wide receiver that Atlanta has. Uh, I mean, I mean you got Patterson. Cordell, Patterson kinda, yeah, he's, he's everywhere. Yeah, so I don't even – he's like a H-back. I don't even know how to label him, to be honest with you. Right. And I don't Gage see him – the only wide receiver out there. I don't see him doing very much on the ground game this game, but I definitely see him being uh, more of a pass catcher this game. Oh, yeah. He's de- passing. And actually, if you're looking at a PPR situation, that makes Patterson more dangerous. They're going to be playing from behind, and right. you can't run against this team. Right. So, that, I mean, he, he may end up with 10, uh, you know, 10 targets, 8 oh, catches. for sure. For sure. You know, you may you may be damn near in double digits just from his pass catching. So sure. I, I definitely love Patterson in this one. Um, we have the football team going up against the Raiders. This is only a two and a half point spread with Vegas being the favorite, which is interesting because the game is going to be in Vegas, which means that Vegas likes Washington more than they like Vegas because you normally customarily get that three point uh, just for being um, at home. Now the flip side to that is the predicted score. Is Vegas twenty eight, Washington nineteen? So it's that, that's uh, pretty interesting. I, I'm not exactly sure how to read that as far as the the line is concerned. But you have a forty nine and a half point over under, so this game should have some fireworks as well. Honestly, I think this is one of those stardom if you got them. And here's the thing with Vegas, right? Remember I was talking about Renfro a little bit ago. If they're going to get anywhere near 28 points, Winfro will have a touchdown. 
there's no way around it. If they're going to get anywhere close to 30 points, Hunter Renfro is going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of mm, 85 to 100 yards and a touchdown, in my opinion. Uh, definitely. I think Winfro will get a slew of targets this game, but also look out for the newly acquired Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. He's playing against an old team of his. And he uses to make old teams of his pay. So especially those NFC East teams, man. It only takes one pass. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I definitely think he's a a guy that's uh at the bottom on a lot of a lot of free agencies. Uh if you Yeah, do, he's me, probably out there right now for most. Right, so if you are an A.J. Brown owner, uh, you know, one of these guys that you, you need somebody replacement, uh, I think he'd be a guy. It's, it's, it's going to be boom or bust for sure. As far as the team he's playing against, I like him a little bit more than than usual. So he'd be somebody I would watch. Yeah. So we have the uh, Jaguars going up against the Rams. Not really a whole lot to talk about in this one. The spread is 13. Rams are the favorite, 47.5 point over under. Start your Rams, sit your Jaguars. That's pretty much all I got on that. You have anything additional? No, I agree totally, man. Um, we got the Ravens going up against the Steelers. That's a 44-point over-under, a four-and-a-half-point spread on this one with Baltimore being the favorite, and they are the favorite in Pittsburgh. Uh, the predicted score, 28-17, to 17, Baltimore being the victor. I don't know about this game. This matchup scares me because the teams know each other so well. It's one of those, if we don't get up for anybody else, we're going to get up for this game. So, I mean, I can see the Ravens just based on where the two teams are with their quarterback play and with their defense as of late. I can see the Ravens coming out on top. Um, I would start the guys that I normally start. And, and your Pittsburgh guys, if you're in a pinch, you, you go ahead and you start Ben, you know, do what you got to do. If, if he goes this week, he's not practicing right now. And, and this spread will definitely change if he doesn't end up going. I don't really like – I don't want to depend on Pittsburgh at this point. I definitely like Najee Harris because he's kind of independent. His fantasy points don't depend on Big Ben's game. So One guy I do love a whole lot DFS-wise for sure. And also if you're just trying to decide at the tight end position, I love Pat Firemuth. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's coming up for who the quarterback is actually. Yeah, but Baltimore is horrible against the tight end this year. I mean, they're giving up. Seems like every tight end they play against scores. So I definitely love him a whole lot uh this game here. So but other guys as usual fire him up, the Najee Harris's and the Claypools of the world. And hopefully if you do if you are a Ben Roethlisberger owner, I would not fire him up. Right. There's a lot of other quarterbacks I like before him. Even at the, honestly, I like Taysom Hill before I like Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, absolutely. So if you have completely Ben if Ben Roethlisberger is your Second quarterback in a Q in a two QB league, or if he's your first quarterback in a in one of these big single quarterback leagues, man, if Taysom Hill is available, I would go with Taysom Hill before I go with Ben Roethlisberger. We got the 49ers going up against the Seahawks. This is only a three point spread, with the 49ers being the favorites in Seattle. There's a 45 and a half point over under. The predicted score is San Fran 25, Seattle 18. I can I can honestly see this being the beginning of the end for Seattle in general. There's going to be some big changes there in the offseason, and they just aren't playing with the same amount of enthusiasm and inspiration as they normally do. And uh, San Francisco has been on a tear as of late. I, I don't really want to – Metcalf hasn't done much of anything. 
Lockett had a decent game last week, so it, it might be a month before he has another good game. That just, mm-hmm. I mean, they're too up and down for me. We didn't mention the fact that Adrian Peterson is now a Seattle Seahawk. So Pete mm-hmm. Carroll decided he was going to hop in that hot tub time machine and um, bring bring in Peterson. So now, in my opinion, that kind of destroys the value of Collins, who at least was one of those, you know, didn't cost you anything in a pinch you could throw him in type of dudes. I, I, I think they'll be splitting the backfield now. There's nobody I can depend on as far as Seattle is concerned in my mind at this point. Yeah, Seattle is a, the definition of waiting too long to make changes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they, they're years behind the eight ball. When From the top down. Right. Pete Carroll need to go. Russell need a new environment. Ain't no way in hell you sh- should be paying um, Adams what you paying him. This ain't the Legion of Boom part due. But the thing about it, I'm okay with Pete. I'm just not okay with some I'm decisions not- the, the, the GM has made. Um as far as a guy like you know, with with Sherman, with Bennett, um, well, you know, Pete you, has more power in that organization than anybody. The GM isn't making any decisions without him saying that's what he wanted to do. I thought they had the younger GM in the league uh, that everybody was like, um, that kind of plays fantasy football when it comes to picking his players. I think it's a Schneider, John Schneider, which is which is why Pete Carroll has had. Mm, okay. control over over personnel the, the the draft picks if you recall he was the one getting all the praise for for putting together the legion of boom and you know for all the and for drafting russell wilson and all these different good picks but after that like i want to say like three years span you really can't even call out a name of a rookie that's had any traction there on offense or defense so i mean i think it's time for them to go ahead and you know, minimally have someone who is a true GM do your take care of your player personnel because you basically got to start over at this point. And overpaying defensive players for nostalgic purposes isn't the direction to go as far as I'm concerned. You got the Broncos going up against the Chiefs. This is a nine and a half point spread. Kansas City being the favorite at home. 47 point over under. Predicted score, Kansas City 31, Denver 14. This one I like for fantasy purposes just in general. I think this game is going to end up going over. Kansas City's defense hasn't really – they pick and choose which games they're going to kind of show up. These teams know each other, um, same division. I can see this ending up being one of those games where there's more points scored than, than anyone kind of saw coming forward. And I can end up, and I can see it ended up being um, – I can see Denver definitely covering nine and a half. But my question on this one is, how do you feel about the Denver wide receivers? Kansas City, it is what it is. You start your Kansas City players. You probably don't want to start the Denver defense. This might be the only week that you wouldn't start Denver's defense. But Denver's offense, their wide receivers, do you feel comfortable with their wide receivers this week? Or which wide receiver or wide receivers on the team do you feel comfortable with? Flip a coin. That's kind of how I feel between Sutton and, and um, right. Patrick. Sutton, Patrick, Judy. I mean, heads we beat them up, tails we beat them up. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I mean, what do you do? There's nobody has, even Font, you know what I mean? There's nobody that really has stepped to the forefront out of these guys. Even with Bridgewater quarterback, there's not even one guy you could say his favorite. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just don't know. Who do you trust? I mean, these guys are signing deals, but. They're not playing like guys that deserve the money. You know, we spoke on that on the earlier yeah. earlier show, but I'm waiting for one person to stand up and, and 
and stand away from the others, you know, look like I'm the man. You would think coming in this year, Sutton was the guy and Judy was coming, you know, but mm -hmm. who who is the man on the scene? Nobody. It's supposed to be Sutton. <laughs> right. It's they paid him like he was the man. We're right. going to see if that comes to fruition. But it's but I, really I, no one. Yeah, you want, yeah. And I, I think they're going to attack the quarterback position with a little bit more uh, veracity in the offseason. I was up, so upset when they didn't go out. The, it didn't make sense to me that they didn't grab Fields in the draft. He was right there. I think that would have solidified their offense for years to come with that that pairing, if you will. He, he would have had almost the same type of uh, weapons that he had in Ohio State. Um from the running back up. So they didn't. So they'll figure out what they're going to do with that next go round. Yeah, the Patriots going up against the Bills. This is a two and a half point spread. It's in Buffalo. So that's Vegas's way of saying that they aren't going to give Buffalo the customary three points, which bodes well for uh, New England's in, in New England's favor. It's a 43 and a half point over under. The predicted score is New England 24, Buffalo 19. Who do you see being fantasy relevant in this? One? Oh, man. Uh, no one. <laughs> Josh Allen. I mean, just the, the the major guys. I don't. I don't like anyone. I think this is gonna be one of those two Rams. Like you got two. Like the Patriots defense is really good. Yeah, definitely. The, the Bills defense is pretty good. Um, yeah. Matt Jones. You know, when he does play against these defenses, he tends to be a little. They'll be more Not, close to the vest. Right now, one thing I would pay attention to: we do have the injury on the Bills side as far as their cornerback is concerned. Yeah. White, their number one corner. Right, so that's something to monitor there. But uh, I think this is going to be one of those uh, fantasy fantasy wise. I don't like anyone to be honest with you, as far as a standout. Now, of course, if you got these guys, you must play Stephon Diggs. You must play, you know, the guys that's you know, the, the Josh Allen's. But as far as somebody that's sticking out, not so much. Okay, I, so I think this could be. I, I like the kickers in this game. How about that? Hey, no, no, seriously though, mm -hmm. I'm counting on Nick Folk to have a big game this week. Yeah. Like I can definitely now. Now this is one other thing that I that I, I saw. It's in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. It's Monday night, and they had the little designation beside it that there may be some inclement Snow. weather. All right. So this may be one of those we gotta run it type games. Right. Like like nights in Buffalo don't don't normally end up very warm or free from precipitation. So it may be one of those you know we, we we're gonna throw if we have to. But outside of that, Harris Stevenson. Bowden, they're going to be running it, um, running it, and running it, and running. It. And, and that's the thing that bodes well for New England as well. The fact that Buffalo's best running back is the quarterback. You're not going to get hit, but so many times from some of them, from some of them big boys that New England got. Before you're going to be a little reticent on, on, on part of Mr. Allen there, in, in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this: You got for wide receiver three purposes, you can go with Bourne from New England, Tim Patrick. From Denver, or you can go with T.Y. Hilton. Jesus. How do you rank them? Probably T.Y., Patrick, then Bourne. And, I mean, I like Bourne. Bourne, okay, but, you know, I'm a 49er fan, so I've seen a lot of them. Right. <laughs> he, he drops the easy balls, and he catches the most ridiculous Spectacular, ones. yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, he got two guys on him, and he's falling out of bounds, and he get the toes down, and in one hand, grab he's going to grab that one. But him by himself running down the field, he's going to drop that one. But considering I think I like T.Y., you know, with the matchup a lot better, Patrick and then Bourne. That's how I think I would rank them. I like it. I like it. This is a year-round show. So as the playoffs start, I know a lot of people who didn't make the playoffs may not put as much effort into fantasy 
are are into gathering information and things of that nature. I do need you to understand this. The time that you start to gather your fantasy acumen is right now. Right now, and in these next few weeks, and going into the offseason is really going to put you ahead of others who are still going off of numbers that were made in a part of the season that doesn't even matter anymore. A lot of people stop paying attention once you get to this part of the year. So they're still thinking that, you know, oh, Mike Williams is worth a decent pickup next year because of what he did early in the season. For whatever reason, what happens in the beginning of the season tends to stick out on people's minds who don't pay attention year round. So don't get caught up in that. We won't allow you to, as long as you do your part, by smashing that follow button, you'll know every time we put out an episode after the playoffs are over, we'll go down to one episode per week. But it's going to be topical. It's going to give you information on specifics and fantasy that you can kind of put in that toolbox, if you will, kind of sharpen that knife, if you will, as far as fantasy is concerned. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Those are some of the shows where philosophically we we kind of get into the battle of wits, if you will, even more so than during the year, because during the year, most of the players we kind of agree on. But the approach to fantasy we have very different approaches and both of them are effective so we're definitely looking forward to that you got any parting words to the people vander man good luck good luck good luck so good luck win that money and if you out hey dfs is still getting people paid so don't think that just because you out of your you know yearly league that you're done with fantasy there are a lot of options uh there's prop sites uh, you got your fandals your prize picks your you know, all kind of stuff out there that you can um if you if you're paying attention, you can get over on the general public. So make sure you pay attention, make sure that you continue to follow us. And again, if you're looking for us, fantasy football fiend on IG, fantasy underscore fiend on Twitter, and for Facebook, it is the fantasy football fiend family Facebook group. And we out.